everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. Can you just keep that going for a moment? We love you, Jesus. Lord, we believe your name is beautiful. Lord, we're here tonight, God, not just to gather together, Lord, but because we need a move from you. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe that today, just clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. 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 We need a move of God in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you to the worship team for ushering in the presence of the Lord. And there's one guy around here who just does not get enough credit. Uh, I'm going to be taking my text from Genesis 37, so you can turn there if you want. Uh, But one guy around here does not get enough credit, man. Brother Gabe Danette, he is so awesome. Does, does the, the sound, does the media, everything, man. It's incredible. He's awesome. Thank you, Gabe. We appreciate you, bro. Uh, also, Genesis 37, I'm going to read it in a second, I promise, uh, and then we can sit down. Uh, but I would like to say thank you to Brother and Sister Hussey for the opportunity to be able to teach tonight, and thank you to all of you uh, for being here, and hopefully you won't leave uh, after five minutes, but we'll see how it goes. Genesis 37, verse number one, it says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Somebody say, Joseph was a tattletale. I could tell some of you guys have waited a little bit to say that word. It's been a long time since you've said that word tattletale. How many knew a tattletale when you were younger? About about the most annoying thing. You you think you got away with it, but then they went and told. Terrible, terrible. Joseph was a tattletale. So scripture continues. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. He gave him a cool coat. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. They could not speak peaceably unto him. You may be seated. As you are being seated, turn to somebody next to you. Uh, Tell them, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Just kidnap your little brother and put him in a pit, sell him into slave. No, no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that, no. But that's what his brothers did. We'll, we'll read about it in a second. The, the scripture, uh, it already lets us know in the story of Joseph that he has been shown some favoritism. And you think you might come from a dysfunctional family, or maybe you don't, I don't know. I, I have felt that way before. I felt like I've come from a dysfunctional family. Uh, but this family, Joseph's family, There are 13 kids. There's one father 
and there are four moms. So this was a family that dealt with its fair share of sibling rivalry. Uh, sibling rivalry is a real thing. Somebody say amen to that, please. Don't, don't leave me up here tonight. We're going to be talking about some family stuff, and I need to believe that it's not just me, okay? So don't leave me up here tonight. But this is, this is what Joseph, he, he's in this situation. Uh, he's got this cool coat. His brothers, they, they can see, the scripture says, that Jacob favored Joseph over them. And, and because of it, they hated him. And the, the story continues, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves, uh, or gathering grain together in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and they began to bow down. They began to worship my sheaf of grain. And his brethren said unto him, shalt thou indeed reign over us? They understand immediately what he is saying. So maybe it wasn't just Joseph who had the gift of interpreting dreams. Uh, but his brothers immediately understand, you think you're going to be the boss of us someday. Uh, you, you think you're going to have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So we see this, the story of Joseph, that, that last part there, they hated him for his dreams, but they also hated him for his words. Uh, a thing to take note of today is they would have not been able to hate him for his dreams unless he had opened his mouth, right? And, and Joseph, is, he's 17 years old. Maybe it was just youthful exuberance. Maybe it was pride. But I think it is funny what Joseph decides to make mention of in his dream. Because uh, in, in his dream, he, he looks past the fact that they would have grain, an abundance of grain in a famine. But what he does take notice of is that he would be exalted, that he would be lifted up above the people that uh, previously had control over him, maybe. And if you're a little brother, you understand there is a level of control that your older brother has over you. Uh, and, and if you don't, understand that then good for you honestly um but man it is it is sometimes a, a troubling relationship the the relationship from a younger brother to older brothers and joseph i think gets a little bit excited he gets a little bit overzealous at the fact that maybe one day he would get to rule it could be said tonight that joseph was perhaps focused on the status of his dream but he was not focused on the service at least that's what we could question. I, I think his life would go on to, to prove it, but he was more focused on being the center of attention. He was more focused on him being raised up than it would be that he would be able to help his family starve, stop from starving to death. So tonight in this place, or maybe at a different moment in your life, maybe it was a, 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 a six o'clock prayer meeting, or maybe it was right before you went to bed. Maybe it was when you woke up in the morning. Maybe it was when you were a little child. God has probably given you a dream at some point. If God has ever given you a dream, just say amen. It, it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a huge dream, one might say, but just the fact that God will give his people dreams is true, and it, and it gives us hope. But more than anything, I just want to take a moment to explain that when God gives you a dream, he will also give you a desire. 
And we can never choose to elevate the dream above the desire that God has given us. And I'm not going to hang my hat on the fact that Joseph was doing that, but I would say I think it is possible. Just basically... Uh, Just based on the fact that what he was willing to uh, focus on, what he was willing to um, be uh, concerned with, what he was interested at, and I can't really blame him. I was once a 17-year-old young man, uh, and I understand the feeling. Nobody can tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, nobody could tell me that, that I, I, I don't know how to do this or that I'm not making the right decision. And uh, maybe you were never in that position, but I definitely was uh, at one point in life, something I still uh, know that I struggle with. But uh, the fact of the matter is this, when God does give you a dream, he cares more about the desire, I would say. It's that time in prayer. It's that time that you take to be close to him. It's not always about the mountaintop experience, but sometimes it's just about choosing to follow the journey that God has asked you to do. Brother Gabe, I don't know if we, if, if we could get the, the picture I sent you up tonight. Oh, it's, it, oh, it's fine if not. It's, okay, there we go. You guys see that? It's, it's okay quality. There was a man, he had, a, he had gone out for a jog and uh, he was distracted from his normal course of jogging, and so he comes across this, this thing. He comes across this excuse for a house uh, here, and instead of, he was, uh, I don't know, intrigued, I guess is the word, but in, instead of maybe going and asking the person who lives there or asking one of the neighbors around, he decides that he's going to take a picture of it and put it on an internet forum where people identify mysterious objects. Now, I don't know if this counts as mysterious, uh, but it is a little weird, right? We've not seen a home like that. Uh, at least I haven't. Uh, and, and so the man, he takes the picture, he puts it on the internet, and uh, it's a forum where the internet experts will come out of the woodwork and they will uh, go ahead and try to decipher what it is that people put online. Uh, And and so they they come out and they say, oh, I know what that is, um, as internet experts will do. Uh, And and they they took notice of it and they said, yeah, I've been to a museum before. I I think I remember seeing something like that. In fact, I think I remember seeing a lot of houses that were like that. Uh, growing up around this town. And so uh, the, the person on the internet correctly identifies this structure here as a hope house. They called it a hope house. Go to the next slide, Gabe, if we can. And like any good internet expert, uh, they cite their source, actually. So, so I guess unlike any good internet expert, but, but you, you get the picture. They, they cite their source. It's this old school newspaper, uh, the Evening Independent. The date there, 1941, and what's totally cool about this story is that Hope Houses used to be a big deal in that part of the country. He was just jogging around, and he sees, uh, as it were, kind of a a relic out of time, and and he decides uh, that he wants to know more about it, and so um, they, they post this description. I'll go ahead and just read it real quick. It says that uh, Hope Houses are Utah's chief contribution to post-Depression-esque American architecture. Says the casual visitor to Utah might well conclude that they were indeed what they first appear to be. Residences reclaimed from fire ruins. For these underground abodes, you can tell it's old, uh, are, are simply roofed over basements. 
They are sharply rectangular concrete homes which rise no more than three feet above the ground level, but drop as much as three yards below. Universal and always at the rear is the architecturally monstrous entrance, a wooden doorway rising above the level of the roof, a stoop within, and then covered steps leading downward. Someday, each owner bravely expects the direction of the steps will be reversed, and they will run upward to the kitchen from what will then become the back door of an ordinary brick residence. Thus, the hope in Hope Houses. There was something in the mind of a person who had gone through the Great Depression, someone who had gone through World War II and uh, borrowing rates at that time were crazy and they thought, uh, maybe I cannot get the full picture right now. Maybe I will not be able to get the first story and the second story and the third story. I'm not going to have the east wing. I'm not going to have the west wing. But is it possible that I could just start to build something right now? That with what I have at my disposal right now, I could dig a ditch and I could lay a foundation. And although it will look a little weird, although they might laugh at me in a young adult's classroom 70 years from now, is it possible that I could still have a place to live just because I decided to get started? Because I had the hope to build a hope house. I want to teach you tonight, just for the next few minutes, build your hope house. Somebody turn to the person next to you. Say, build your hope house. <laughs> say, even if you're a homeowner. <laughs> or not. you know. <laughs> say, build your hope house. Amen. I can tell you guys believe it. That's awesome. <laughs> but we, we look back at the, the story of Joseph. Joseph, he, he has this uh, position, he has this circumstance that he is placed in where he is favored above his brothers. And his father actually has him work a job where he is going and spying on his brothers. Uh, and in fact, you'll read in the Bible if you would like to, Genesis 37. Uh, it, it, the, the scripture says that, that his father tells Joseph, go see if your brothers are doing okay. And then see if the flocks are okay. So he's kind of saying, you know, go give me a progress report on how your brothers are doing. His brothers, they, they work out in a field. They uh, have control over perhaps uh, hundreds or even thousands of animals that they are choosing to raise as a source of, uh, of livelihood and, and income. And Joseph gets to just hang out at home. Joseph gets to sleep in his bed. Joseph gets to have the home-cooked meal. Joseph gets to have the really cool coat. Uh, Joseph gets to have the easy lifestyle in the mind of the brothers. And so when they see him coming to check up on them, there is a little bit of disdain that rises up within them. There is a little bit of, a, of, of jealousy and, and uh, just a, a overall envy of their little brother. So they lie in wait for him. They, we know the story as he comes, they, they decide, hey, we're going to kill him. And then uh, uh, some people speak up and say, uh, no, let's actually put him in a pit. Uh, and, and with the intention of coming and saving him later for Reuben, but uh, they, they, they decide that they're going to take their little brother because they are so envious, because they, they hate his dream. Because they, they hate that he has hope. Because they hate that he has uh, this, this thing from his father that says that he is favored. That he has this thing that sets him apart from them. They decide that they are going to try to crush it right there. They totally defy the idea 
that Joseph would be able to rule over him. They defy the idea that Joseph would be something special, something that God told him he would be, and so they decide to throw him in the pit. And then as he's there, the Ishmaelite traders, they come by and they decide, well, we might as well make some money from this. And so they, they sell Joseph into slavery. And so let me just uh, pause for a moment to tell you if we're talking about dreams, if we are talking about hope houses, not everybody is going to appreciate the process. Not everybody is going to appreciate the fact that you might have something you think you could do for God. Not everybody is going to enjoy the fact uh, that you might have a desire in your heart to do something big because they can see you and they see maybe what your dream is and they could say there's no way that you are ever going to get to that point and so they decide that they are going to try to ruin it. It is a promise from God in the Bible. He's, Jesus said you will be hated for my name's sake because Bringing yourself into alignment with God will take you out of alignment with the world. Bringing yourself into relationship, having the correct desire will take you out of your chance to maybe be popular, will take you out of your chance to maybe have the things other people would have. I can just imagine his brothers playing a game of basketball uh, if they had it. Marco, I don't think they probably had basketball like we have basketball today, but I can just imagine them, them all playing. Joseph is the uh, 11th one, and they're like, well, you, sorry, Joseph, you just have to be left out. You can be the ref. Uh, eh. Yeah, it's just the, the worst thing to hear as a kid. Uh, so I, I can just see Joseph, he's not like everybody else, and because of it, they decide they want to hurt him. And it's the same thing with us. God calls us to be a peculiar people. God takes us and tries to build us into something that is separated from the world, that is dedicated to him. And when he does that, there will be pushback. When he does that, there will be people who do not like what it is you are trying to do for him. There will be people who say that you will never be successful. They will try to destroy the things that you are doing with their time, with their mouth, with the words that they say. Going to the family reunion can get awkward at times because there are people who don't understand why you still go to that church. There are people who would not understand why you say that I think you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus and I think you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues to make it to heaven and they're not going to agree with you and because of that they will hate you. Because of that they will not want you to do well. They will not have respect for that little tiny house that you're trying to build. They're not going to respect what you're doing in the moment. Gabe, if we could go to the, the, I think the last picture. There we go. He's on it. This, this is the one taken, uh, I, don't, I don't even know the time, a year ago, a couple years ago. I don't exactly know. This is obviously from way back in the day. Can you guys see those okay? I mean, there's nothing we can do. But uh, <laughs> oh, I, can, I stand corrected. <laughs> Thank you. These, these houses, they look, look, man, they just look crazy. Who would want to live in a house like that? Scroll back up. These actually look a little better. But these, <laughs> they, they're just, like it said, rising at the most three feet out of the ground. You'd be Bilbo Baggins in this house, <laughs> living in your hobbit hole. Those of you who didn't get the reference to Lord of the Rings, hobbit joke. Okay. David, that was, that was for you. Uh, so... This is not, we could all go around, right? And we could all write down what we think our dream home would be. Okay, mine would have a basketball court inside of it. Uh, 
Maybe a pool. What would what, what would be something at your guys' dream house? Would any somebody say anybody? Yeah, a plant room. <laughs> awesome, nice. Okay, so they're called a greenhouse. No, I'm just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, you, but, but whatever the case is, we'll, we might have a plant room, we might have a, a pool, whatever, I don't know. I would have a walk-in closet, something. But, but whatever it is, whatever thing we decided upon, it would look nothing like that. Somebody say amen to that. It, it would not look anything like this. Even in this market, we could do better. Come on. Some, somebody say amen to that. We could do better than this. Okay, it would look nothing like that. This isn't exactly what you would call a dream home. We think of dream homes uh, as something that you get after the dream has been realized. We think it's after, Ronnie, you develop the medicine that gets you millions of dollars like Pfizer or, or, or whatever the case is. We think it's after uh, we, we make the big sale at work and, and we get all the money, we get all the fame, we get all the popularity, and then I can choose to live in a home that is pretty cool. And then I can choose to live in my dream home. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes... Sometimes the beauty of a dream home is that it just keeps the dream alive. Sometimes the beauty of the dream home is that you just have a place to lay your head in the meantime. And and while you are trying to work on the bigger goals, while you are trying to do the things that maybe uh, would require more of you that you can't necessarily fathom being able to do right now, you can just say brick by brick, I'm going to build. And yeah, you bet I'm leaving it lower to the ground because at some point I am going to keep building on it. At some point it is going to get larger. At some point I will add that first story, that second story, that third story and by the end of it it will be this great thing that nobody could have ever guessed had such humble beginnings but don't be dismissive of the little beginnings don't be dismissive of the things that start small sometimes it's just the brick by brick sometimes it's just digging the hole in the ground sometimes it's pouring the foundation but at some level you will get to the point where you look back and say I can't believe God took me to this place and it wasn't because I just had a dream but it was because Because I decided to have a desire as well. Amen. 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 Sometimes the hope house just keeps the hope alive. Sometimes the dream home just keeps the dream alive. Yes, I I haven't made it yet, but someday I will. So I'm just going to build it right now. I'm just going to do what I can do now. It's tough. We can see where we are. And we can see maybe, maybe God has called some of us in this place to be a missionary. That might seem crazy to you right now. It would seem crazy to me if God called me to do that. I'll just use myself as an example. Be like, God, I eat chicken tenders and pizza. Uh, so if you call me to a place that doesn't have those things, I am going to die. Uh, so it, 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 it could be... <laughs> so it could be crazy. What, whatever God would call you to, I think... I think most of the time it does seem a little crazy. It does seem out of your capability. Uh, God might call you to, to pastor a church. Another thing that might seem out of your ability, out of your wheelhouse to do right now, maybe God has put a burden in you to write a song. Maybe it's, it's a burden that someday you could just win your family. Maybe it's a burden that someday that person who lives next to you could come with you to church and that you could see them down at an altar one night praying and they could be filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe when you close your 
rise in prayer, you begin to see things that you think, wow, it doesn't really seem like that is possible. It doesn't really seem like that's going to happen, God, because I see where I am and I see where you're telling me to be and I do not understand how I am going to ever get there. But the point tonight that you must realize from the life of Joseph is that it's not up to you to get you there, but it's up to God. And if you can just build, if you can just go little by little, I just feel like I can even hear the Holy Ghost say that it is line upon line. It is precept upon precept. It is here a little and it is there a little. And it's you just deciding to be faithful with what you have right now that will someday allow God to be able to bless you with what he has called you to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not by might. It's not by power but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor build it in vain. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor build it in vain. It's up to God to accomplish it today. It's in our culture today to think that we have to be a finished product. Does anybody feel that pressure? You can raise your hand. It's all right. We we, we feel like I need to have uh, the job that... Uh, maybe is, is, is not uh, even some of my experience will be able to have, and I'll, I'll make it plain in a moment, but we think that we should have our dreams in our 20s. We, we think it's in the zeitgeist, it's in the spirit of the age to think I deserve and, and that I am entitled to this. Don't I work really hard? Am I not talented? Aren't I pretty cool? Don't I have a cool coat? Don't I have all these awesome things? But uh, the, the truth of the matter is that to the, the Christian, it has to have the understanding that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's, it, it's, it's more about the calling. So, so uh, maybe tonight you don't have the glamorous position that you would like to have. I don't even know if that is a desire you might have. But m- maybe tonight it's not the fact that you have a job that pays you this amount of money. Or maybe it's just the simple fact that your family is not saved yet. Or that your neighbors are not saved yet. Maybe it's just because you really don't feel like, man, God, I, I wish I was further along. I think a lot of people struggle with that idea in this age group. I think, God, I, I wish I would, could be doing right right now what you want me to do but what God is trying to say is that you have to have a chance to learn obedience you have to have a chance to really learn what will make you great and it's not that position what will make you great is not that paycheck what will make you great is your connection with God and when you find a way to build that connection with God he will elevate you we see Joseph he he goes from the farm with his dad and then he goes to the pit And then he goes to the slave trade. And then he goes to Potiphar's house. And then he goes to prison. And then he goes to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph, he, he goes in, in all these moments, he is constantly uh, in a place where people agree with him and then in a place where people do not agree with him, in a place where people maybe validate him and then in a place where people absolutely do not validate him. It seems his dreams keep getting him in trouble. It seems there's some danger in the dream that Joseph have, has, has dreamed. He keeps going from place to place, but at every level, God is able to elevate him. What was it? Because when Joseph goes from the farm with his dad, and then he goes to the pit, he has the dream. When he goes to the slave trade, 
he has the dream. When he goes to Potiphar's house, he still has the dream. When he goes to the prison, he still has the dream. When he goes all the way up to the palace, he's second in command over all of Egypt. He still has the dream. Now, the wrong way to interpret the story would be to say, look, Joseph, he just followed his dream and there was setback to setback. But at the end of it, he finally got to his dream. That is not the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph is that at every level, when it was easy, when it was hard, when people agreed, when they did not agree, when people tried to fight him, when he faced obstacles that were alarming, obstacles that would have incapacitated him, the point of the matter is that the dream still was with him. It wasn't that Joseph was following his dream. Joseph was following his relationship with God. He had the chance to make wrong decisions. He had the chance to do things that maybe a weaker person would have done in his position, but he said, I'm going to do what I know to be right at every level because if I follow God, then my dream will follow me. If you follow God, if you choose to serve Him above anything else, He will give you what He promised. But it can't be your desire to just follow that thing. I have a feeling that the dream seems silly at times in the prison cell. I have a feeling that the dream seems silly at times when he, although despite his apparent innocence, he is constantly put in these places where he has to uh, capitulate to the demands of people around him who do not have a relationship with God, who, who hate him. And God just lets him sit in these moments. God just lets him uh, uh, kind of uh, while away his time in prison, facing uh, terrible things, facing uh, completely wrong circumstances from our mind from what we would rationalize but the reason God does it is because Joseph is having to learn obedience. Joseph is having to learn God could take everything else from me but if I still have God then that is enough. God could take my money. God could take the promise that I think he needs to give to me but at the end of the day my relationship with God is what keeps me going. My relationship with God is what makes me happy. It's the, 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 it's the hope house. It's the brick by brick. It's the two minute prayer before you lay down at night. It's being able to get into your word and saying, God, I need a word from you, Lord, because I can't make it without you. It is those moments, those small victories where you begin to build something that can be great. It's not the, it's not the, the, the end goal that can be deceitful, that can trick us at times. Music, you can go ahead and come. I'm finishing up tonight. Jesus' name. From the life of Joseph, he, he, he again is all the time, he's bouncing around. He's going up and down, up and down. God is still with him, just like God has been with you. God was with you when your parents were divorced. God was, was with you when you lost that loved one. God was with you when you made that mistake that you felt like you couldn't come back from. When you thought your life was over. When you thought you might have even uh, given up something. When you felt like the promise was uh, outside of your grasp. I have a feeling that looking up from the pit, the promise seemed unattainable. Isn't it funny that Joseph, although he thought he would be elevated above his brothers, he was thrown down into a pit, but then later, because he decided that he had respect to the promise because he decided that there was nothing could shake his determination. There was nothing could keep him away from what God wanted him to do. It was then in that moment that God could take him to the place that he had promised him when he was just 17 years old. You might have been carrying that promise for a long time. You might have been carrying that, that, that dream 
for a long time. Maybe you felt like you haven't made progress on it in the last few years. Maybe you felt like, man, God, I just feel like I've been stuck. I remember times where I had great breakthroughs. I remember times, Lord, when you spoke to me and in a moment, maybe it was an NAYC service. Maybe it was an HYC. Maybe it was just in your bedroom at home. Maybe it was when you were driving your car. But you can remember, God, I know what it was like to be strong in your presence. But let me tell you this. The opposition from the outside world cannot determine your relationship with God. And although they fight harder, although they push stronger, although they want to keep you down, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, nothing can separate. Not height, nor depth, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's the story of Joseph, even in the moments when nobody else cared about him, and even in the moments when everybody seemed to like him. His relationship with God was the most important thing. The story ends, Gabe. I don't know if we could put that last slide maybe back up, maybe. The story of the Hope House ends. Uh, somebody asks the question, they see the house and they think, man, I remember those things. They popped up all around the neighborhood for a few years and now I don't see so many. Now there's, there's, there's not that many more of these houses. Would, it, would, would there be a, a way to tell which of these houses that we see around us now that are big and are beautiful and uh, 50 kids live inside and whatever the, whatever the, the specifics of each house would be, it, 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 would it be possible to tell which of these was a hope house? Which of these started as a hope house? The reply came swiftly. They said, no, it would be impossible because a finished hope house would be indistinguishable from a house that was just built all at once. See, the people who, who decided, I am just going to get started, who decided, I'm going to do what I know to do right now. I'm going to pray in the morning. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to be nice to my family, even though sometimes that can be a challenge. I'm going to be a, a light to the people around me. Although I might not be preaching conferences, although I might not be singing at uh, big events, whatever, whatever success could look like to the world and ministry, I don't even care to think of it because the most important thing is that when you get started living for God, when you choose every day, Lord, it's another brick today. God, I may not be able to put in the, the, the pool. I may not be able to put in the basketball court, God, but it's just another brick today, Lord. But I'm not going to just sit still and let my potential walk out of the room and leave me in a place where I feel have, I have regret. Leave me in a place where I'm wondering what happened. But Lord, every day I'm going to get closer to you. Every day I'm going to begin to work, God. Because I want your promise for me, Lord. But more than anything, I want you. And more than anything, I want to be right. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. When God has finished what he started in your life, it will amaze. It will be powerful. It will be inspirational. But that's only if you can cling to it. And I think you will look back someday. You'll look back and you'll say, wow, God, you really blessed me. Wow, God, when I was in those moments as a 20-year-old, Lord, I, maybe I didn't even have a boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> God, maybe I, maybe I really felt like I was struggling. Maybe I really felt like I was drifting, and, and I, I'm done throwing out the hypothetical circumstances. Uh, but 
Lord, I, I, I see that you've brought me through all of this, God, and I see that you've never left me. Lord, when I look at the house that you built, when I see the Hope House, what used to just be this little hobbit hole in the ground, what used to just be this little thing that the neighbors would walk up and say, so are you really done building? Are you sure the, the, you sure you got your money's worth? The builders came out and they, they let. At the end of the day, you'll look at the house. You won't even be able to tell. Maybe you've been praying for healing for 10 years. When God heals you, the person who meets you will never be able to tell that you prayed for 10 years. Maybe your loved one is, has uh, lost their way. Maybe you're, you're praying every day, God, I ask that you would bring my family back into the house of God. But the day that they find an altar, the day that they get their sins under the blood, there will be nothing more satisfying than being able to know that, God, I know that salvation is a completed work. Lord, I know, Jesus, that there's nothing that could stand uh, to judge them, Lord, in this moment because, Lord, you will do the work. You will complete the promise you will do what you want to do I'm just going to ask us to pray tonight just, just stand across this place and let's just pray for a few moments I've, I've done my best to just deliver the word God has given me but to say it in just a short phrase don't despise the small beginnings don't look past what you could be doing right now just because it doesn't look glamorous, just because it doesn't look uh, even attainable, whatever the case is, don't look past your potential in what you can do right now. It's the only way you will make it. Oh, Lord, we love you tonight, God. We're in need of your touch. We're in need of your presence. God, we want to turn towards you, God. Lord, more than...